Hey guys, welcome back to the Going Deep podcast. Uh, episode 13, this one's called The One Where Rogers Finally Breaks His Silence. Now, before I get into the Aaron Rodgers thing, and obviously that's going to be the dominating headline for the next uh, several weeks until the, the season starts, I would imagine, uh, there, this was actually a pretty crazy week. So I'm going to try and backtrack and just give everybody kind of a – uh, you know, a timeline of what actually happened this week. So uh, at the start of this past week, uh, a lot of players have come out publicly with their desire or, I guess, uh, unwillingness to get vaccinated. Now, as of right now, uh, with most employers, you can't actually force somebody to get vaccinated for COVID-19, although a lot of people are trying. Uh and with the NFL, they've kind of put a very heavy uh, in favor of vaccination uh, kind of mandates on the NFL. Uh, so much so that teams like the Minnesota Vikings actually had a coach step down from his uh, offensive line role to be this kind of made up quasi like coordinator via Zoom uh, because he himself is not vaccinated and it's such a heavy uh, mandate that he can't actually be around players in person if he is unvaccinated. Now that goes for coaches. Obviously they can't do that to a player yet. Uh, but with that being said, the players basically have to re kind of redo the 2020 season, if you will. Uh, with all those uh, practices, you know, they, they have to wear the mask. They can't be uh, in a room with X amount of people. They have to make uh, specific time slots for weight room activity and so on uh, to where players that are vaccinated are pretty much full go. Whatever you need, need to do, want to do, you're allowed to do. Uh, so a lot of players are are speaking out and and these aren't like you know fifth string guys barely making the roster on the bubble kind of guys these are household names that are now threatening uh early retirement in response to this vaccination kind of mandate uh and i just kind of want to get your guys's feedback you know it's obviously it's up to every individual person whether or not they get vaccinated uh i myself am vaccinated however I'm not going to fault somebody for their own personal reasons not to. Uh, and, and it is unfortunate. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's a, a pandemic. You know, what, what can you do? But with that being said, uh, Cole Beasley is essentially daring the Buffalo Bills to trade him or cut him because he's pretty much been the most vocal when it comes to this vaccination uh, mandate. And most recently, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has publicly said that he's contemplating an early retirement uh, in response to not being vaccinated. I think one of the biggest uh, team mandates that's put on with his vaccination status is uh, any team that has an outbreak of COVID-19, obviously, and uh, has X amount of players that are not vaccinated, and that's kind of why their team had an outbreak. If the game cannot be played, there will no longer be an effort to reschedule that game. Uh, last year, I think there was three different games that were uh, moved around. Uh, the Steelers had one, the Ravens had one, and unfortunately the Broncos had an outbreak, but they made 
uh, every single one of their quarterbacks missed the game. And they actually had uh, a wide receiver that had never played quarterback before play quarterback that game. And obviously they lost pretty bad. Uh, but it's it's kind of interesting how the NFL was was playing favorites for a couple weeks there, especially with the Ravens. And then that game got rescheduled three different times. Oh, and the, the Tennessee Titans as well, obviously, had a few outbreaks, uh, yet did not forfeit any games. So with this new mandate in 2021, uh, teams with an outbreak that are not vaccinated 100% will actually forfeit a game. So that's why these players that are unvaccinated are contemplating retirement. Uh it's it's a heavy-handed approach for sure. Um, I don't really know what's going to come of it. I don't know if outside sources are going to get involved in this in, in a legal way uh, because, again, you cannot force a vaccination on somebody. Uh, it, it is ultimately their choice. Uh, now, moving past that subject, uh, earlier, Dak Prescott was given a press conference and was asked about his vaccination status. Now, he mistakenly quoted HIPAA. Uh, for those who don't know, HIPAA is what protects you against uh, certain things like uh, medical records going public, things like that. However, just asking somebody about their vaccination status is not a violation of HIPAA. Now, if they had forced you to prove that you are vaccinated, then yeah, that might be HIPAA. But uh, Twitter obviously had their fun with Dak at his expense about uh, quoting HIPAA saying things like, hey, Dak, how was your workout this week? Uh, I think that's a HIPAA violation. It's not, obviously. So, uh, you know, there was there was that whole thing, again, about this whole vaccination thing. Uh, one of the bigger headlines, uh, there's a few in this segment, uh, Deshaun Watson actually showed up to training camp. Uh, by doing so, he avoids $50,000 fines daily. Now, cue the Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Uh, however... I guess uh, this week Deshaun has practiced multiple times with the team. Uh, there was a video of him wearing the red jersey, obviously, but as the team took the field, he eventually took off the red jersey and put on some sweats but was still taking snaps under center. Uh, not really sure if he was working out fully with the team or the starters. It kind of looks like Tyrod Taylor is going to get his time. However, Deshaun, I think, just wants to stay uh, one – in football shape, and two, relevant for these teams that are trying to give a trade for him. Uh, and with that, the, that's my next segment, the Texans actually are going to listen to trades now openly. However, they are asking for a King's Ransom. It, uh, they expect three first-round picks, and that's not only hard to do in its own, but you are giving three first-round picks as well as taking on Deshaun Watson's contract which he was only currently one year into that deal. And I think it's like a five-year deal making him like the top three highest paid quarterback. So I don't really know a team that has that kind of draft capital and that kind of salary cap to pay someone like Deshaun, especially if it's uh, essentially a one-year rental because beyond this year, we don't know what's going to happen with the legal battles. He obviously is facing, I think it's up to 23 now. Uh, 23 civil cases for sexual misconduct and sexual assault. Uh, the NFL has said that their investigation is not done. It's nowhere near done. The legal side of things is nowhere near done. However, uh, because there has not been a decision made, that's why he's able to attend training camp and eventually uh, 
snaps and games this season until they make a decision. Uh, it it looks kind of like you know wordplay and whatever else in this weird legal limbo because it's Deshaun Watson and because he's one of the youngest stars in the NFL. I think if it had been anybody that's a non-quarterback or someone that's not a perennial pro bowler, I don't think that they would have this same kind of star treatment. Uh, but that's just my opinion. So we'll see what happens with this whole Deshaun thing, whether or not he gets traded, uh, and whether or not he plays as a Texan this year uh, or at all at some point when this legal thing comes to a head. Uh, speaking of trades, there's there's quite a few kind of demand trades in this segment. Uh, Miami Dolphins quarterback Xavier Howard, who uh, the last two years, I believe, has led the league in, in interceptions, uh, reaching like eight or nine interceptions a year, which is just insane in today's NFL. Uh, he has actually formally requested a trade from the Dolphins. Uh, from my understanding, he is currently on a five-year deal. I think he's one year into that five-year deal. However, as good of a corner as he is, he's not even the highest-paid corner on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that would be uh, Byron Byron Jones, I want to say. I always forget his name. I know he was from the Cowboys. He came in a trade last year, uh, or free agency, rather. But Xavier uh, Howard obviously has earned the right to be one of the highest paid quarter uh, cornerbacks uh at least top three conversation obviously you can put uh Tredarius white from the bills in that conversation and uh jr alexander from the packers but obviously Xavier howard again is in that conversation with those guys with the amount of interceptions that he gets per year uh put him in a team like a pro bowl team or sorry a, a playoff team I would, I would only imagine what he could do. So uh, he's only 26 years old, 25, I think, actually. So he's in a, the middle of his prime, maybe even entering his prime. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the Dolphins do. And, and again, like most of these guys now, uh, they're showing up to camp because they don't want to incur these fines. But, uh, you know, again, cue the Marshawn meme. I'm just here so I won't get fined. It's really interesting. Uh, it's going to play out over the next few weeks, I'm sure. But already I think there's a report that two playoff teams, they're unnamed so far, has reached out to the Dolphins as well as I'm sure a bunch of other teams. I'm sure just about all, all 31 other teams are going to inquire about Xavier Howard's services uh, because he is so young and so productive. Uh, then we have the kind of uh, bread and butter of this entire segment. Aaron Rodgers finally breaks his silence when it comes to what happened this offseason. Uh, for those that don't know, Rodgers obviously did return to the Packers two days ago, uh, which would be, I'm recording this obviously on a Thursday. Uh, he, he reported on Tuesday, uh, man bun and all, and, and office shirt, flip-flops. You know, it was, it was almost like, okay, nothing happened. I'm here to the untrained eye. Uh, obviously... There was a lot to unfold there. And within that same timeline, the Packers were finalizing a trade for Randall Cobb to return. Uh, Randall Cobb was long since been one of my favorite Packers of the last decade. Uh, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing him a few times. Uh, but with Randall Cobb coming, coming back to the Packers and Rodgers coming in, everybody kind of assumed, okay, well, 
it's all kumbaya and Rodgers is getting what he wants. You know, this whole offseason, he's been kind of painted as this villain. Now, cue this 30-minute press conference on Wednesday night, and it, it kind of opened the door and, and a, a glimpse behind the red curtain of, like, what actually happened. And it's 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 kind of dark. So uh, Rodgers is, is obviously very cerebral, very smart, and never says anything by accident. You know, he has a million quotable sound bites like R-E-L-A-X, run the table, things like that. So he never says anything without thinking about what he's saying. So according to Rogers, the timeline was uh, February, which was obviously right after the Tampa Bay loss in the NFC Championship game. Rogers spoke to the front office and basically asked to be included in some personnel decisions. Uh, Rogers cited, and, and these are all big, big names and, and names that I actually took personal offense to as well when they were let go or traded. Uh, he named guys like John Kuhn, uh, Jake Kumaro, uh, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, you know, all you can, you can go down this list. Uh, Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews of, of these guys, these Packers that were not only pro bowlers, but future Hall of Famers. And why were they let go of Green Bay in the way that they were let go? You know, the, the days of Donald Driver is playing until he's in his mid-30s and then retires as a Packer, those days with this new regime are no longer the, the norm. Uh, you know, John Kuhn was coming off of a Pro Bowl year as a fullback, and then suddenly the Packers were like, okay, thanks, bye. And then that was it. And... Clay Matthews, uh, you know, asked for a pay cut before he was eventually let go, goes to the Rams, and he actually spoke out pretty publicly against the Packers and was like, they didn't even offer me a contract. And he was kind of surprised by that because he's, you know, a perennial pro bowler, a Super Bowl uh, winner, actually pretty pretty uh, vital to that Super Bowl win. Uh, same with Jordy. You know, Jordy Nelson was – uh, sent to the Raiders and played two forgettable years there. And in this presser, when Rogers names all these guys that were let go in ways that they were let go, uh, he said there's a major difference in someone else throwing in the ball and me throwing in the ball. And that's a mixture of confidence, cockiness, but also fact. You know, Jordy was coming off of a career year at 31 years old, 32 years old with the Packers before going to the Raiders. And, you know, Derek Carr is a great quarterback, but Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. And the Raiders as a whole are not the Packers offense. So these guys that are looked at as afterthoughts and, and people say, well, well, look, at they had a down year or their career went down because they were over the hill and that's why the Packers let them go. Well, could you say that about Charles Woodson? who made another Pro Bowl with his second stint with the Raiders and then obviously made uh, the Hall of Fame shortly after that. Could you have said that about Randall Cobb, who, yes, was coming off of a couple injured years back-to-back. Uh, but, you know, with what – like basically what Rodgers is saying is with keeping these guys, you're not only getting talent on the field, you're getting locker room uh, kind of rocks. You know, these guys that are going to – that are going to influence the the rookies coming in, 
really instill a locker room presence. I mean, we're dealing with the same thing now with Urban Meyer bringing in Tim Tebow. He's not necessarily bringing in Tebow for his talent. He's bringing in Tebow for his culture, his his uh, ability to inspire others, to really instill this new attitude amongst young people. And, and that's kind of Roger's whole approach with let's bring back Randall Cobb. It's not because he expects Randall Cobb to be this number one receiver at 32 years old, or uh, sorry, 31 years old. Uh, he's basically just saying Randall was a, a basically a key component of this offense. Why don't we bring him back and just kind of redo that whole thing? Because honestly, Amari Rogers, this year's third round pick, is being compared to a younger Randall Cobb. Uh, so I, I think that he will obviously start. But I think Randall Cobb is there to rebuild this relationship between Rodgers and the front office. Uh, Rodgers went on to say some other things uh, when asked about this whole timeline. And he said this this Matt LaFleur hiring, he was not involved in that. He did get a call from the golf course. Hey, why don't we talk to our new coach? That was already a finalized deal, according to Rodgers. Now, he and Matt LaFleur obviously work well together. And they've had major success. They've gone, uh, what is what's the math on that? Twenty six and six in the last two years. Uh, but that's that's basically like the best case scenario. Hey, you went behind my back and hired somebody that I didn't rent before, but it worked out. Now his displeasure, his being Rogers, is with guys like Jake Kumaro being cut or or, or traded in camp. And according to Rodgers, he didn't say Kumaro by name last night. However, he did say uh, our number two receiver in camp was traded without my insight, whatever. So with this clarification, Rodgers is saying, I'm not asking for final say and personnel decisions. I just want an opinion that's heard. And rightfully so, he has earned that. You know, And it's kind of changed this whole narrative of, Rogers is is a prima donna and he's this he's that no he's simply a guy that just wants to fight for his friends but also fight for his future and I think that he has earned that right and uh at one point and this has actually become a meme since then but Rogers is thanking people he said I, I want to thank this uh this city and this or the fans. <laughs> so he was about to say the organization and he caught himself and said the fans. So his displeasure with management is very apparent. He's not coming out and saying F management, but he is basically saying, where's the support? You know, you, you say that I'm, I'm this perennial quarterback. You say that how much I mean to this organi- organization. Why not help me win a Super Bowl? And I mean, granted, the Packers taking Eric Stokes this year in the first round, the corner out of Georgia. They needed a corner. It wasn't lack of receiver that lost the NFC Championship game. It was Kevin King being a liability and playing hurt. You put someone like Eric Stokes opposite Jerry Alexander, you might win that NFC Championship game against the Bucks, and Scotty Miller may, might not catch that touchdown going into the half. Uh, but again, it's going to be interesting. Rodgers is locked in for 2020, or sorry, 2021. But beyond that is a question mark to everybody involved. Rodgers didn't speak on it. Brian Gutekunst did not speak on it. 
Uh, it sounds like it's it's not a done deal. It's like the door's not slammed completely shut, but it's slightly ajar. Rodgers will play this year. He might play next year, and then we'll see. Uh, so that's all I got this week, guys. It's going to be major storylines going forward. Training camp is well underway, uh, but I will continue to monitor this Rodgers situation. Maybe we'll bring back some more guys. Who knows? Uh, But until next week, going deep.